Yeah, there we go. All right, how are we doing, Saw Company? Feels weird, doesn't it? Late night, after hours. What are we doing? This is the cool crowd. We should be like on Kirkwood or something. We got like 100 people in here that want to know how to read their Bible. That's awesome. 100? Let's go. Yep. Yep. This isn't, yeah, it's not going to be a how to read, but there is actually a lot of practical stuff. Like, there's a skill to reading that actually applies to Bible reading, too. This is a really unique book. It's ancient text. We don't read a lot of ancient texts uh, unless you read, like, the Iliad or something like that. But it, it is a, it's a book that requires skill to read for sure. And so um, we want to help you with some of the just best tips. It's going to be super short and sweet. There's, there's a lot we could cover. And we'll be available for questions afterwards. We're going to cut you guys loose. I'm going to set my timer on my watch right now for seven and a half minutes. So it'll go off twice, and I'll feel good about that. Uh, It gives me a halfway mark. But here's the deal. There is no such thing, no such thing as a healthy person who's also starving. Okay? Those two things can't go together. There's no such thing as a healthy Christian who doesn't read this book as just a habit of their life. I don't know one godly person, male or female, that doesn't read their Bible more than I do, like legitimately. And so the people I look up to in the faith, this has been something that they have just eaten up. And so wherever you're at on the spectrum of eating this book versus having no idea, you know, you would be like me. The, the, the story I like to tell is I thought Acts was A-X-E. It's A-C-T-S. I had no idea how to find it because the second letter, I was way off. So if that's you, you're in the right place. And if you know exactly where Acts is and you know it's right after the four Gospels, good for you. You're in the right room still, too. And, um, yeah, I hope this is helpful for you guys. So no such thing as a, a godly person that just doesn't make daily Bible reading a habit. And we're going to help you hopefully form that habit a little bit, especially in your time at college. It's a great time. Um, and you just need to know this book is inspired by God. I'm preaching Sunday um, really just on the Bible. Yeah. Thanks, Sianna. That was, that was Hype wow. girl. I feel so good right now. Um, <laughs> But this book is inspired by God. The way 2 Timothy talks about it is God-breathed. It's profitable for rebuking, training, teaching you everything you need to know to live into the person that Christ wants you to be in this life is found in these pages. But it takes a skill to read it. And it's inexhaustible, too. So while you can know it truly, you can't know it fully. But, man, that's a fun adventure to go on as you start to read it multiple, multiple times, and it reads you. Um, we want to just help you get started with that process. And so there's... There's just a lot of, of limiting beliefs probably sitting in these chairs of like, man, I'm, you know, it's hard to read and there is some confusing stuff. I get all that, but it is very possible to read and it will absolutely change your life if you commit to reading it. I guarantee you that. And so, again, we want to just remove every excuse is what JP said. JP was really the one pushing us to do this late night. We felt like this doesn't really make a lot of sense. We're preaching on the Bible. We're going to have a lot of stuff. No, it absolutely makes sense if you frame it as just like leave no excuse for college students who just want to pick up this book and even be excited too. Um, and so, yeah, that's just some philosophy stuff. What I really want to get into is just practical. Here's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to ask these two the best advice they've had as it comes to Bible reading, the best practices they've implemented in their own life as it comes to Bible reading, um, and the best tools and resources to kind of supplement just the, the reading. But I think just the reading is really a good good starting place for, for most of us. So I want you to start like Brie morning in the life of Brie, or if you're in the evening too, I don't know, I don't come to your house very much, um, but I'm assuming you read your Bible, um, I know you do, in fact, but what does that this look is like? true. Like, just give us a vision for, like, how do you actually read this book? Yep, well, I'll start with saying I have read it a myriad of ways over, not, I was going to say the course of my life, but ever since I became a Christian, I've read it a myriad of ways, and I think that's an important thing to note, because 
your Bible time is not going to look the same as someone else's. Like the way that you choose to be intentional is going to be different from someone else. And it's going to be different in different seasons of your life. Like maybe a certain way that you've been reading the Bible is not exactly working for you anymore. And it is okay to switch up how you are reading God's word. So I'll say that. Currently, I'm going to say what I do currently in case you need something to follow, a way that you can be intentional with the way you read your Bible. First thing I start with, prayer. We'll talk about this more later, but this cannot be overhyped enough. Praying before you actually get into God's word is like the MVP of Bible reading before you even read. Praying, I read. That feels obvious. Read the words on the page. And then I pick something small. If you're like me, you're not a genius, and that's okay. You can't focus on really more than one thing. And so as I'm reading, I'm just kind of like being aware of like where the spirit is prompting me. What do I need to actually come back to and focus in on more? So I pick something small. And then I meditate on that thing. I ask questions about that thing. I hold that thing up with other scripture. I think about how it could apply to my life. I'm just like actually spending time like taking that one thing and like really ruminating on it. And then I take that one thing and I pray about it to finish. So those are wow. the five things. Really groundbreaking stuff, yeah. I know. <laughs> Every single one of you can do the exact process she just said. Part of me wants you to, to want to do it, to just give you the encouragement and the, the you know, the fire to just try to do that and commit to it for the long haul. I promise, promise, promise you'll start to delight in it. It'll start to change you. Not every morning is going to be fireworks. There's a couple practices you just shared in that, and I'll let JP speak into anything he does differently with his mornings or evenings or whatever he reads. When do you read it? In the morning. Morning, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm morning for sure too. And the only thing I'd add to that is my, my time looks very similar to that, but I double down on that prayer beforehand because – God didn't make me like. How do you how do you know you're doubling down? I know compared uh, well, to me, you just yeah. think you pray more yeah, than me. Good question. <laughs> that's true. I have no idea how much you actually pray beforehand. That's a good point. Yeah, that's but great. You probably me do. personally, I double down because my reading skills double need it, and so I I Amen. say that because it it is tougher for me to read. It always has been. Um, so just like the comprehension and the focus, and so that just like brings me to a point of like, God, I my human mind is very limited, and I actually can't do this unless you help me, God. So, A, God, please help me um, just wrap my mind around just simple reading skills, but then B, like, Holy Spirit, actually work through the words that I'm reading um, and speak to my heart that way. But That's good, and I, I really think there is a key, like, for millennia, like, godly men and women have seen the link that sometimes is missed between prayer and Bible reading. If you think of any relationship, there's... God made us uniquely language people. Like, we, we, you cannot have, like, a real relationship with someone you cannot communicate with or that you choose to not. If my wife and I, I was the only one that did talking, she never said a word, we would not have a very good relationship, right? And so prayer is this way we talk to God, but sometimes we only, we know we have his ear, and we have a lot of things in life that we need his help with, and so we just talk, 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 but we never sit and be quiet. And let him talk to us. And he has. Like he has spoken to us. And we live in a time period now where the mystery is like not only been revealed in Christ. It's been written down and preserved in a way that I'm going to get into this Sunday with how the, this, this book is actually inspired. And I think JP brings up a good point of the illumination side of this book. So it, the words themselves are inspired by God. But it must be illuminated to my mind. The God who spoke light in the beginning needs to speak the light into my heart and mind to help me understand the depths that I'm about to sit before. And so actually, JP could be worse at reading than you, 
But if God actually chooses to illuminate things to JP that he just wants him to know as his son, you know, and us in our arrogance, we think we're great readers, just neglect that part of the relationship. Like he may glean way more from the scriptures than those of us who, man, we read and the comprehension's great, but there's no application, there's no life change, there's no ability for the scriptures to read us because we're not humble. And so I think that's a great, great point. Um, if you do nothing else and you're, you're pretty good, you've had a good rhythm of Bible reading in your life, but you've never humbled yourself before God, before you dig your nose in, maybe that's just a great action step for you and part of your practice. There's half our time already. Nice. Um, all right, that's good. Let's go move on. Best advice, like, you know, you guys have heard a lot of stuff in your time on, on just Bible reading. Like, any of just like, things that stick out in terms of best advice for you guys? Uh, best advice I've gotten, um, I guess just one thing that I've especially been learning recently is remembering the goal of Bible reading. It's easy to, I, I guess before coming to college, I was like, okay, the goal, the end game is read my Bible. That's the ultimate goal. And it's like, yes, you want to read your Bible, but I found myself getting into like the Christian checklist, check the box for the day. And what I would just love to say is it's not number of verses that you read. It's not number of chapters that you read. It's not the amount of time you read. Like when you remember that the goal is communion with God and relationship with God and building on that, that's, um, that just helps you like get rid of guilt and obligation that you have. Because like for me, there's been times where I've, I've been like, oh, I got seven minutes before I got to go. And then I'm like, oh, but seven minutes, I feel like God deserves more than seven minutes. I'll do it later. And then I don't do it, of course, later. And it's like, dude, if you got seven minutes, you could have an amazing three minutes of reading and then four minutes of meditating on those words that you just read. And you could be just set for the day and ready to go. And so when, you, when that goal is like communion with God, as opposed to like, I, just, I, need to, I need to read X amount or for X amount of time. I think that really helps you like feel better after that time and really think, man, like I genuinely connected with God during that time. And so just kind of switching up that goal. That's so good. I think this is not my advice, but something just to tack on to JPs. I think there's literally so much about our Bible reading that when we think about it in terms of relationship, just become really crystal clear. Like when I think about being married to Ryan, it'd be so weird of like, I only get seven minutes to talk to him. So as I can get with him, even if it's only a few minutes before like he leaves work in the morning or something like that. And so trying to like reframe your brain of like, how am I approaching this? And like approaching it in a relationship mentality of just like, I'm just building on a relationship that I hope is beautiful and fruitful as I move forward in life and only growing in that respect. Let me throw in another thing that would be silly as a counter to that. It would be silly if every single conversation Ryan and Bree had they were moved to tears and just wanted to hug and kiss it out, and it was this explosion, fireworks, miracle conversation. Marriage ain't like that. Spoiler alert. That would be exhausting. We would call that, no, I was going to use the D word, divorce. That's not what would happen to them two. But that would be, there's no relationship that exists like that. And so when we think, God, oh, I just haven't been getting much out. It's like, that's, that's just a relationship, you know? Like, it's okay to just talk and talk back. You, I promise you, you have so much coming at you during the day that is false information. And so just the re constant renewal of your mind is what we're getting at here. And I think having your expectations in the right place is good. Now, what's sure. your practice? 
Okay. Wait, this was advice, right? Okay, yeah. Um, This was from someone who discipled me in college and I'm so thankful for. And this will probably just speak to a very specific person in the room who's a little bit like me. But the advice was literally just get over yourself. So I was a person who, when I didn't read one day, I would actually let shame the next day keep me from reading the next day. And so literally just had a person look me in the face and say, Bree, get over yourself. Pick your Bible back up like God wants to meet with you. And so not letting shame run the show in your Bible reading, if that is you, and that tends to be, yeah, kind of your fall, so. Yeah, master the reset. Here's another thing I heard recently with that. Shoot for seven days a week, hit five. And when you hit five, celebrate. So mentally, it's like, yeah, I'm trying to make Bible reading an everyday thing, but if I hit five, I'm great. If you do that, it's better than probably, you know, than not doing it at all. All right, practices. Let's quickly just rattle off just some pro tips where it's like, okay, I, I know how to read, but is there more to that that I can do or even things that will help me just like with the motivation and even, I don't know what your practices are, but far away. Three, two, one, prayer. Great. No, <laughs> just kidding. I we, thought you were going to no. get that. JP and I talked about this before and we both said prayer. Um, but for real, we said it earlier and it's worth repeating because the one thing that has remained consistent in all of the ways that I've read the Bible is prayer. Like, it actually makes your time so, so fruitful asking God to show up because guess what? He wants to show up, and you actually ask him is making you more aware of the fact that he's actually present with you and desiring to show you something in his word. So prayer. Accountability has totally helped me in seasons when I'm just being a schmuck and being undisciplined. So What's accountability friends. look like? It just looks like hey, I haven't been good at reading my Bible. Friend who's also trying to read their yeah. Bible, will you check in with me daily, or can we send each other the verse that we read that day or send each other an emoji or something? Yeah. Yeah, I think sharing text is something JP would echo too. It's just like it's not a, it's not an ego thing. It's, it's like a, we're going to help each other with this, you know, and so I don't care if your thing is super insightful, you know, or if you just want to tell me you read Genesis 4 today. Uh, but that using each other is a great way to make Bible reading. It's like, I really want to make this a habit, and I really have never tried just asking somebody for help with this. But I've, I've been fed so much by the table scraps of what Bree or JP or whoever in my life has read in the morning, and it has, like, actually sustained me too. So there's multiple benefits to just, like, sharing what you're reading, you know, with the, the other people God's put in your life or trying to just talk about it throughout the day. You know, it's like, wow, what a, what a next-level thing to do if you're going to read. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's uh, another, like, practical tip is have it planned out when you're going to read. Um, if you just kind of think on the fly and then you just randomly have 20 minutes, 30 minutes, odds of you reading your Bible in that random 20, 30 minutes, I would say a lot less lower than if, like, when you woke up, you're like, yo, I'm going to have this 30-minute period. I'm going to plan to read that time or the night before. Um, but something recently that I've started to, started to do I guess like the last six months that I love what I do is I, I see how much time I have. I set a timer on my phone, hit do not disturb, toss it across the room, don't touch it until that timer goes off. It's awesome. It's actually great. It'll help you focus a lot more because it's so easy to just like get four verses in and then, and then you know, keep, just keep getting distracted. It's, it's so much better. Toss that phone across the room and don't touch it until the timer goes off. I love doing that. That's good. I think the only one I'd throw in as a practice of mine has been in times when I've been out of the rhythm of Bible reading. Shocker. I've been out of the rhythm even since becoming a Christian. Uh, Well, only since. I was never in one before that. Uh, But, like, I just thought, man, it's a concept familiar to some called habit stacking. It's like I get coffee every day. 
and there's not a day that goes by when I don't eat food unless I'm intentionally fasting. I, like every single day, ten, I'm 10 out of 10 on coffee and food. I'm not 10 out of 10 on Bible. Can I attach Bible to one of those things? And so it's like, I'm just literally not going to have coffee until I read the Bible because I believe this book is actually more beneficial for my life than either of those things. And it's not legalism. I can explain to you the difference between legalism and not some other time. Um, but I, it's just worked really, really well for me in seasons where it's like I'm out of it. Another random habit stack. I think maybe Molly used this in our discipleship group last year. Yeah, but Molly. Come I, on, It Molly. might not have been her. I don't know. But... It was just my suggestion of, like, she's like, I grab my phone every morning. Molly, I'm sorry if this wasn't you, if I'm misremembering, but she's like, I grab my phone first thing in the morning, and I was like, what if you take this book, slap it on top of your phone? It's uh, kind of a reverse Molly. Molly, we take that back. <laughs> was, it was it not, not you? you? Okay. Someone else in my team. Yeah, Molly. <laughs> but if you reach for your phone every morning, you're like, I actually want to be a person who reaches for my Bible, take your Bible, put it on top of your phone, and then you at least have the choice of, well, I'm either going to set that Bible aside or I'm going to open it up Love first thing and hear from God, so... Love it. Um, that is 15 minutes, so I'm going to honor our word. Here's some tools you can check out if you are like, I read the Bible, but I, you know, I need help with comprehension. Like, there, there's kind of a model, OIA, observation, interpretation, application. It's like, you have to read the text. You have to observe what's there. And you have to interpret that rightly. Like, you can interpret the Bible wrongly and, and get to some wrong application from it. And so it's a skill to read this book and to know, man, what genre am I in? Like, is this narrative? Does it actually make sense to not, you know, who reads a letter and just reads, like, a few sentences and then puts it aside and thinks about it? It's like, no, I want to read this bad boy through and through. And so even reading faster than feels comfortable can help you with comprehension. If you have a pen and you just go faster, you're getting more, like, the flow of thought. What's this paragraph about? What's this paragraph about? What's this paragraph? If you just did that with Colossians, like, multiple times in the next week, you would know Colossians so much better than you think you could ever know, this weird little letter uh, by just reading faster than is comfortable. Because sometimes you read just like the speed that you think is right, you're, you're checking out mentally the most. And so reading fast and going back and reading slow, like Bree kind of talked about, and meditating on something that you caught when you're reading fast is just a great um, tip. But what will help you a lot with, with these things, the Bible Project is a great resource. Check them out. YouTube, uh, they have an app called Read Scripture App. It just has all these videos. If you're about to read Colossians, you can check out the video overview. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always do that. You can read uh, or you can watch these videos that will tee up the book for you really nicely to help you get that overview, that fast perspective. And they have these printouts, you know, so you can know right where you're at in the book. Like, that will help you a ton. A study Bible will do this same thing, essentially, just in a non-digital, less cool way. Uh, but study Bible, incredibly helpful. CSB is the predominant one I would recommend or the NIV, but not the NIV application Bible. It doesn't matter. But it just have, it'll help you with the, both the read fast. It'll give you an outline on the front of the book with some of the top Bible scholars, both those ones I just mentioned for sure. Where it's just like, this is exactly what the main theme of this book is that you're about to read. This is the outline, you know, that you can kind of hang some stuff on. And then as you read, and there's confusing passages, the, the most confusing ones will be right there at the bottom of the page for you. Where it's like, I'm, I'm struggling with comprehension. I'm not going to get to application of this. Boom. There you go. Um, so study Bible, Bible project. I also use Enduring Word a lot. You can literally, whatever chapter you're in, type that in, in Enduring Word into Google. Like an app, Google? Yeah, I think they have an app. I'm just lame and type it into Google every time. But that's a great one, too, if you want to know context and what even, like, theologians of the past have said about a certain subject, things like that. Great. Well, that is all. I have a lot more stuff I could talk about in terms of the Bible, so feel free, seriously, come ask for the questions. But Salt Company is officially over and the late night's over, so we'll see you all Sunday or Thursday.